The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Unit Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and you're listening to Couch Talks. Couch Talks is the special bonus episode of Unit Therapy that comes out every single Wednesday where I answer questions that you guys send to me and you can send those to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. Now, quick reminder before we get started that although this is a podcast hosted by a therapist and I'm answering your questions during this episode, this podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services. Also, I want to give you guys a reminder, if you missed it on Monday, I announced that I am starting a new segment that is going to pop up every once in a while on Couch Talks where you guys share with me your own bagel moments. And if you're unfamiliar with what a bagel moment is, I've now coined this phrase as a moment where you might have overreacted to something that later led you to some kind of discovery of a need or a value or maybe just a want that wasn't being met in that moment. And if you are like, where the heck did you get the idea to call this a bagel moment? You should listen to last week's episode where I tell the story of me crying over getting the wrong bagel on the 1st of January this year and that it led to me learning that there are some things that I need to reconcile and there are some things that I need to ask for. And guys, I need to actually give myself some credit right here. I guess this was Friday, so this past Friday. I had been out doing some things, running some errands because my boyfriend was sick. And on my way home from running these errands, I asked if he wanted food. He said yes. I went to go get him what he wanted. And I got home and I said, I jokingly said, I'm fully prepared to have the wrong order in here and not cry about it. Joking because I'm like, there's no way my order is going to be wrong. And I open it up. What do we see? But the exact opposite of what I asked for. 
it was a sandwich. And not only did the sandwich not have any of the things I asked to be on it, it had the one thing that I was like, do not put this on my sandwich, which was mayonnaise. I cannot stand mayonnaise. I don't know if I need to join a support group for that, but it is to me something that I do not want on my food. Anyway, I took a deep breath. I said, this is so frustrating. And my boyfriend was like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I said, I know it's going to be okay. I need a second. And he said, do you want me to go get you the right order? And I hesitated because I had gotten this food for him because he was not feeling good. So I was doing him a favor. And I sat there and I just said, I need to breathe. And he said, I'm going to go get the right sandwich. And I said, okay, to be honest, I really would like you to do that. And I did the exact opposite of what happened last time when I had the bagel situation. He asked if he could help and I said no. I refused the help and then it made it worse because I really actually wanted him to help. So then he went and got me the sandwich that I had asked for. Mind you, they did mess it up again. So they did it again. They put mayonnaise on the sandwich again. And he was like, no, we don't want mayonnaise on the sandwich. So they had to make it a third time. And well, they made it wrong the third time too. But I made it through and I, I dealt with it and it wasn't as bad. And I was able to breathe through it. I was able to breathe through it. I was able to see that I was frustrated again because the experience that I had wanted did not pan out. Um, that I put effort into something and it didn't work out. I was let down by something. And sometimes life actually does let you down and the sandwich you order isn't as good as you wanted it to be. So I didn't expect to be talking about my sandwich story today, but I wanted to give you a little bit of an inside scoop into the new segment I want to do. And so if you have not, again, heard that story, if you didn't listen to that episode, you can still send in your bagel moments. And I want to hear what happened, how did you react, and then what did you learn? And we want to share that because what I think is really helpful and the feedback that I got from everybody was it's really nice to hear a story that everybody, well, everybody that messaged me and told me that they related to it can relate to in some way. And it might not be the bagel, but it can be something that happened. And, you know, we feel less shame when we feel less alone in some of our stuff. And I think that's really important. So send those in Catherine at uniontherapypodcast.com. Now let's get to the question. This is a good question. I am very obsessed with this. I almost made it into a whole podcast for a Monday, but it also makes a good Couch Talks episode. So here's the question. I'm going to read the email. Reminder that these always stay anonymous. I will never share your name. Um, And sometimes I even change the information you give me because I want it to be less particular so nobody can figure out who sends these in so everybody can feel safe sending them in. So here is the email. Hey, Kat. I'm a new listener to the show, but have been starting to go back and listening to older episodes so I can catch up and feel like I have been here from the beginning. I want to thank you first because your podcast has given me a lot of helpful information that I can actually understand, even if I have to listen to some of the episodes more than once. A little background on me, I'm in my late 20s and I work in finance. I like my job because I'm pretty good at it and I make good money, but that's not by any means something that I look forward to or really enjoy or have fun doing. I would say that my life is pretty average. I don't think I'm ugly, but I wouldn't call myself pretty. I don't hate my body, but I definitely do not jump at the chance to wear a bathing suit in public. I think I'm a good person, but I don't think there's anything necessarily special about me individually. Again, I see myself as very average. I'm writing to you because I am just in a confused spot. I listened to Monday's episode and the part where you said people accept the love they think they can get really stuck out to me. 
I feel like that's true for me, but the problem is I don't really know how to change what I think I can get. Like I said, I don't hate myself. I just feel like I'm pretty average, but I would be lying if I said I didn't want more out of life. I just don't know how to make myself think I can actually get that. Do you have any tips or advice here? Okay, so like I said, such a good question. Thank you so much for sending this in. I think it's probably something a lot of people are sitting in right now, especially if they had listened to Monday's episode and related to it in any way. So I hear you asking, I hear this listener asking, how do I gain a greater sense of self-worth? That's kind of the, the depth of the question that I hear inside of this. And what we think we can get is attached to our self-worth. We have to believe we are worthy of something in order to confidently ask for it or attempt to attain it. It's the basics of positive psychology. If we think we suck at something, we're more likely to mess up. You know, if you've ever played a sport and if you're really in your head about something, whether it's um, you've been struggling to make a certain shot or you know an opponent that you're about to play is really good, you can get in your own head and you visualize yourself messing up more than you visualize yourself actually allowing whatever it is to work out and you're, you play that out. Now, a hill that I may die on is the conversation around self-worth and self-esteem. These get very confused, and I think we spend too much time trying to raise people's self-esteem rather than teach people about their self-worth. It is very possible to have high self-esteem, yet still not feel like you have self-worth, because self-esteem is believing that you're good at something versus believing that you're good. You earn self-esteem... It's not permanent. You have to earn it and continue to earn it. Therefore, it doesn't really do much without self-worth attached to it as almost like a foundation. Self-esteem is not bad, but it is something that is most of the time attached to the outside versus the inside of of who somebody really is. Self-worth is very inherent. That's what it is. You are born with that. I'm a good person and I deserve good things for existing versus I am pretty, so I deserve a man to love me. Or I am the smartest person in the room, so I deserve respect. And also something to note with this, it doesn't really translate across different aspects of life because not all things are valued in the same way, right? So your looks might get you something in one avenue, but not another. Your intelligence might get you something in one space, but not another. Self-esteem is very hinged on what it is that you have and where you are when you have it. Now, the biggest issues I see with solely relying on self-esteem, again, I want to say it's not bad to have. It just is dependent on how much we're relying on it. And the biggest issues are, one, you have to constantly chase it. It's something that continues to, uh, you have to prove it and show it and earn it. Two, it changes based on who you're with. Like I said, like it does not translate through all aspects of life. And three, it doesn't leave room for everybody. If being good is based on achievements, we can't all achieve the same things. We can't all be CEOs. We can't all be the top of the class. We can't all be the fastest, the best of anything. There's only one best. And that only leaves space for a small percentage of people. So then there's a lot of people left and they're just all walking around like they don't deserve things because they aren't the CEO. They aren't they aren't the top of the class. They aren't the best of whatever it is. So that means that they do not deserve X. However, Self-worth is not built by becoming the funniest or the prettiest or even by becoming prettier than somebody else in anybody else's eyes. 
It is an inherent experience that is not attached to productivity or performance of any kind, which naturally is probably very hard for most humans in the capitalist environment that we are in to really hold on to and see a lot of evidence of. So this person asked, how do I start believing that I can get more than I think I can get? Well, if we want to start to believe that we can get more than what we settle for, then we have to unlearn the belief that X equals Y. Whatever blank is leads to what I can get. Blank doesn't make me good. I am good and I have blank. So let's just use intelligence. Intelligence doesn't make me good. I am good and I have intelligence. Those things are separate. They can coexist at the same time, but they don't have to. Now, again, this can be pretty hard because of how much evidence we can come up with that might prove that the old way of thinking is correct. But what we are not doing when we are doing that is seeing the evidence that might disprove that. If we focus on the evidence that proves it, then we're not focusing on the evidence that will disprove it. And let me just tell you, we can make arguments for a lot of things that we choose not to make arguments for. This kind of brings back the whole causation versus correlation deal in my brain, right? So these things that you see connected might be correlated, but did one cause the other? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe what caused them was our belief about those things versus actually that thing. So does the intelligence or lack of intelligence on a certain subject get somebody the partner that they want or not get the partner that they want? Or is it the belief that this is going to lead to this or this is going to not lead to that? Because if I think I cannot attain something, I'm probably not going to show up the same way that I show up when I think I can attain something, which that's pretty basic. I, I, I'm assuming most of you are like kind of shaking your head along with that, but we forget to put that in our heads when it comes to the things we want out of our, our lives. Now, what I don't want people to do is take this to the extreme, like we tend to do on the internet and say, oh, well, if I just change my mind about something, then I control, control it now. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you give yourself a better shot at something that way. When you actually look at something in a different way, in a more positive way, you give yourself a different and maybe a better opportunity to attain something than you would have if you see it through a different lens. So people tend to forget that we are the people, like people put meaning to things versus the meaning creates us. Like we put meaning to things and we can actually be in charge of that. I make meanings out of the judgments that come to my head. So what I would say to anybody who's struggling with this as well is become very aware of what you believe. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about other people? What are the differences in that? And then become very aware of how you think life works. What X's lead to Y's? Then ask yourself, is this true or am I allowing it to be true? Where can I actually find evidence that supports this? Where can I actually find evidence that disproves this? And this kind of thing is something that I would really encourage someone to seek individual therapy out for. There's so much inside of the email that I got from this listener and a lot of coaches and even some therapists out there might try to sell you an easy access general process to change this or fix this. But what I think this question deserves is some intentional individual time. The truth is, yes, we are all very, very worthy and inherently nothing makes one person better than the other or more deserving of love and belonging than another. 
But the way we learn that and the way we unlearn that can be very niche and individual. And it's not something I can shift and change by talking at you. It's something that requires your participation in, your experience in. You have to be involved in that process. So this is a jumping off point as most of these questions um, that come to me are. I give you jumping off points. So I would start with answering those questions. Become aware of what you believe. What do you believe about yourself and what do you believe about other people? And then also become very aware of how you think life works. What X's lead to Y's? Where are you kind of putting causation where it just might be correlation and then you're attaching meaning to that and then the untying comes from there so I encourage anybody who's struggling with that to dive into those questions and then if it's possible for you seek out somebody that can help you kind of see the blind spots through those questions and sit alongside you and and kind of guide you through teasing those out so I hope this sparked ideas and questions that are going to lead anyone who is relating to this towards working to the answers that you're looking for. As always, I hope this is helpful in some way to all of you guys. A uh, reminder that you can send in your questions to me, Catherine at uneedtherapypodcast.com. And don't forget those big old moments. I can't wait to read those. And then you can follow me at cat.defada on Instagram and at uneedtherapypodcast on Instagram as well. I hope you guys are having the day that you need to have. And I will talk to you guys on Monday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.